there we are. We are here. Episode 3 of Gigs and Ghosts with me, your host, Mikey Shiraz. Be on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Music, wherever you listen to this. Good evening, welcome, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the day. But yes, this is episode 3 with the guest who should have been on episode 1 which we did record, but something happened and then it didn't work. So we've done a few episodes, we've got through it. I've forgotten everything you've ever said. Yeah, me too. So that that's a good place to be. Yeah. So this week's guest, please welcome Carol Hodge. Hello. Greetings, greetings. How glad the fuck are you, Carol? I'm all right. It's glad. It's glad. She's glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome I'm back to the studio. How's your week been? Um, It's been, it's been eventful. Yeah, it's yeah. been, it's been really good. Uh, been busy. Um, been in Manchester for a bit of it. Been uh, writing, recording. My brand new album just arrived. The vinyl arrived, so I've been sorting out the orders for that. Released a single yesterday. You did, so, yeah. I wanted yeah. to talk about your new single. Yeah, it's been busy, busy. How's the reaction been for the new single? Um, well, the few people who have <laughs> been in touch with me to say. Anything about it, I've said they liked it. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's better it's, than no people. Yeah, it's, it's that weird thing now, isn't it? I kind of feel, I feel like I'm a bit too old to be releasing singles, because that's what all the kids do. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of just a run-up to the album. The aim Gain to traction. Get, get, yeah. the eye, get the eyes on the prize. Gain traction. I like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And it means you get to show off that awesome album art. Yeah. If you haven't seen the album art yet, uh, I insist that you have to go and look at it, because it's the most amazing picture. Thank it's just, you. It's just... Amazing. Well, uh, John Middleham, the photographer. John Middleham. He's amazing. I saw he did some work with uh, the Membranes and Evil Blizzard. Yeah. And he basically makes people look like they are Renaissance paintings. So I was like, I definitely need to get in touch with this guy. That um, is good. Yeah. So yeah, finally got him and he did all the albums. You see, work. I've seen, a, uh, was it the Wild Hearts who did like a kind of Renaissance sort of album? Yeah. So that was that was a, an actual artist called Elyran Cantor. Is that a real painting? Yeah, I've Holy seen it. Shit. I've seen it in the flesh. It's amazing. Wow. Um, so I went to his exhibition opening he's got an exhibition on Merseyside I can't yeah. remember the place but it's um basically a record shop yeah and he he's done loads of like really sort of like death metal album covers yeah um loads of really famous bands and he had like all the the paintings exhibited so I bought like a print of like one of my favorite ones and like Which he's one amazing uh, I can't remember what a band it is but it's like, but it a really good. cool image and he signed it and he was there and I met him and got to that's an incredible it. artist because yeah. yeah, I, I, up until yeah. this very minute I thought that was real you thought it was a painting I thought it was uh, a sorry, photo, photo. I thought it was a photo yeah yeah it's a painting photoshopped yeah. well yeah, talent a true talent yeah. but shit we're just, we're just talking like nothing Yeah. so you are Carol Hodge uh, well last time I checked yes correct. and I've done my research <laughs> you've been doing music for 25 years I have Yes. Which makes me very old. Now I'm 40 and I'm, I joined my first band and started gigging when I was 15, so yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I was talking to Carl Smith on episode one mm-hmm. of Piper last week and all years started, like, in your teens. Yeah. Like, I, I was 20. So you were a late developer. Yeah, I was in a boy band at school, though. Well, we have to talk about that, though, <laughs> don't we? It's called Zero Defects and we did it to pull chicks. Did not work. <laughs> We had like it didn't key, work. we had key changes, but we played a battle of the bands, and it was like all the other bands were like rock bands, yeah, and metal bands, and between we'd come on it and like have a backing track. How and many key changes did you do? Maybe that's where you went wrong. Just the one. Well, but we were on a stool, and then we well, stood up. Oh, at the key change, you yeah, you, yeah, we you all stood up and walked forward, and but like each. Like after each band, we'd go and do a different song, and each was like a bit different. One was like more dancey, yeah. And the other two guys in the band could do backflips and had nipple piercings. Wow! Wow! So they do, and I'd be like, "Tell me, baby, is it me?" So you just kind of jived in the middle while they did the. Cool I, I was things. just singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like, right. like there was this girl from my school who I really fancied, Emma Cheney. <laughs> and she was in the crowd, and she loved boy bands. Yeah. And like they were, her and all the mates were screaming, and in my head, I was like. This is it. It's for me. This is it. And who was your um, inspiration? EYC was my favourite. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Um, They were a band, a boy band in the 90s. EYC? Yeah. This is like pre-Boyzone. Was this like Boy City, Boy to Many era? No, it was about the same time as 
Bowser and A1 right. and Chip. They, oh, they, okay. they didn't get to the heights. EYC. Of all really? those. Yeah. Well, they'll have to research that. Oh, they've yeah, got yeah, some yeah. bangers. Yeah, them and E17, because we did stay another day. Of course, of course. Yeah. Big so, coats. Uh, waistcoats. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Even better. Uh, granddad shirts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, yeah. Sure it well. So that's what I did when I was 18. <laughs> So I was definitely cooler than that. Yeah, much yeah. cooler. So you... I was I was pretending to be Gwen Stefani when I was 18, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I saw a picture like um from 2003 that you put up the other day. Yeah. That was that was slightly later. That was probably my um Susie Sue Brody Dahl era. Yeah, yeah. Um and that was Sadie Hawkins Dance the band. And it was so weird I got sent those photos by a promoter. And I had no recollection of ever having my hair like that. Oh, really? It looked and good. I was just like, wow, I don't remember having gelled short hair at any <laughs> point in my life, but apparently I did in so 2004. What, what sort of band was that? Um, we started off as uh, kind of like an emo-y band. Basically, the guitarist was an amazing songwriter. Yeah. And he wrote, he, I just got sent this CD with like about 10 songs on without any vocals. Mm. And it was all... Um, we were kind of like a bit like at the driving. Oh, cool! Um, I guess a bit like bullet for my Valentine. Also heavier shit, pretty heavy. Sl- slightly heavier, but but riffy. It was all about the guitars and harmonies and stuff. And I just wrote vocals all the time. I'm very sorry. I thought you were going to be like an indie band. No, no, no. And then we became heavier. Yeah. Um, and we were more who we influenced by then. I guess even you know sort of like proper metal, yeah. like Metallica. Um, and then a bit Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. cool! And then we basically broke up, and then me and the guitar, the two guitarists, formed another band, and we definitely wanted to be Nine Inch Nails. Then, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so have you always been into the heavier sort of side of music? I mean, I grew up on a diet of like second wave pop punk, so I was into all like the Fat Wreck bands. You mean the best music in the world? The best music in the world ever, yeah. which has not been improved on no, since then. No, I, 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 <laughs> I went to see Black Flag last night. Oh, I saw them last week in uh, Belfast. Yeah. How good? Did you enjoy? I, I did. I mean, I enjoyed the ones I knew, yeah. but there was quite a bit of noodling. I didn't like the 15 minute Louie Louie at the end. <laughs> but they always used to do that. Yeah, but they had Henry Rollins doing his thing over the top. But now they've got Mike Vailey who really wants to be Henry Rollins. Yeah, I, I kind of... I mean, I thought it was great. I thought they were a very good band. The drummer was amazing. Yeah, good hair too. Good hair, lots of smiles, which yeah. I think is always important in a drummer. Um, but for me, it I kind of... I mean, I know Henry Rollins isn't isn't the only vocalist and he wasn't the original vocalist. No, there's like, there's like Keith and stuff on there. But stuff. for me, oh, yeah, Flag is to, kind of yeah, about Henry yeah, Rollins. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I got free tickets... Well, me too. So. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have paid. Yeah. <laughs> it was 30, That's exactly what I said. 30, 32 quid. Yeah. 32 yeah. quid. It was like 7.50 a beer. I was like, this is not Whoa. punk rock prices. Where was that? Uh, the Ritz in Manchester. Oh, right. But, 7.50? Yeah. <gasps> crazy. And then, but uh, after they finished and like, um, we are just talking to my brother because I took my brother because mm-hmm. he's one of the people who got me into punk rock. Yeah. And like down that avenue. And then Greg Jin just walked out. And he's just hanging out and like in the everyone's having a photo yeah, taken. Yeah, yeah. I don't like having my photo taken with people. Yeah. So I went, just went over and was like, "Don't my photo taken? I just want to say nice one and yeah. thank you for everything." And he was like, "Oh, thanks very much." Then he ran after me and my brother and gave us both a massive hug. Oh. And I was just like, I teared up a little bit. Oh, he seems like a lovely man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean. And he's a great guitarist, very much in his own world. On really stage. is. I mean, yeah. some of those he went off. I want minute and a half punk rock songs. Yeah. But who's your favourite band from that era, from that fat wreck era? Oh well, for me it was all about um Green Day. They were my favourite. So yeah. nineteen ninety four, which is the year Dookie, of yeah. punk. Yeah. So I got into them then. Basically we got um we got Sky T V and my brother's a little bit older than me, four years older, so he had MTV on all the time. MTV Europe. And that Europe. was, oh my gosh, it was amazing. So there was like Green Day, um, Offspring. Offspring. They were like we two had the big exact ones. same avenue into punk rock. Yeah. yeah. And then who, obviously, it was like Nirvana, Hole, and then bands like, you know, like Radiohead, I really yeah. got into Therapy, Soundgarden, um, Beastie it, Boys, Sabotage was always on as well. I had this exact same conversation mm. last night with my brother. 
about right, yeah. ninety about ninety four on MTV oh, Europe and it was just it was just a glorious time for music and fucking great videos like today by Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. It was that era and stuff. And, and there was all all like the sort of uh Blind Melon and Black yeah, Hobo Humping Slow Bobby. Tune. Um yeah. Beck Loser. Yeah. Like all those songs that when I hear them now I'm back on I'm back yeah, on the sofa yeah, yeah. trying to be cool in front of my big brother, like yeah. I'm watching MTV. It's like Yeah, yeah. No, that that was it for me and like I really got because before that, I'd just listen to Iron Maiden. And that right. was it. And then, uh, <laughs> Strictly Maiden diet. Strictly Maiden, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went from Michael Jackson to Maiden. Right. And then this whole world opened up through MTV Europe. Yeah, yeah. Just incredible times. But I find it really interesting now because um, like that for me, it was so seminal in shaping my um, sort of personality as a teenager as well. Because that music was... Oh gosh, it makes sense to me now. Like I know, I feel like I understand this, yeah. and I can be a part of this, and it resonates with me. Whereas everything else that was going on musically, and just generally in at school and everything, I always felt like an outsider. So it was so important to have that, just that, but just having MTV because yeah. now everything it's it's overwhelming because there's no curation. It's just like you can go on Spotify. There's thirty thousand songs a day go up onto Spotify. That's insane. And it's it? like, how do you find what you like? So I, yeah, yeah. I just I feel grateful to have grown up in that era where there was kind of a funnel that pushed yeah, you yeah, into yeah. a certain direction. Because yeah. now it's just a bit like, where would you start? And it's that tough. Is, but it's like as well, you felt like all the presenters were your friends. And yeah. there's an like Italian guy with long hair. Was like, oh, oh yeah. hey guys, welcome to Dial MTV. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it changed who I was because I used to base my look off this is really sad. I'm telling well, you all the sad stories today, boy bands. Um, <laughs> wrestlers. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Right, I'd, I'd, I'd like... Undertaker. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I did at one point start wearing like brown jeans. Right. Uh, tucked into biker boots. Oh, okay. And like a, yeah, and just like tousle on my hair. I can see, did you, see that's one of the things I don't like about male wrestlers is the, the wet look. Uh, yeah. gel wavy hair I used, I used to iron my hair to Ooh. make it straight oh, okay. it, it was like not until I got so older. it wasn't like stringy and over your face no no right. no no. but I was a massive loser <laughs> <laughs> but then once I found punk rock and then I found fat pants and just wore baggy yeah. pants all the time and cut my hair off had skunk stripes in all the time oh nice changed my hair colour it was a good time hell yeah. of a time I love God it. Look, yeah. yeah, looking back now, you know, and, the, and no doubt we're another big band. Oh, of course. So when I first started singing in a band, we covered like no doubt and basically everything that was in sort of in the charts because it was there was lots of good music out because it, it was, was like the Britpop era yeah, as well. Yeah. So we did quite a few, you know, like Britpop songs. Were you Oasis or Blur? Um, at the time, I was Oasis. I was Blur. But now I would be Blur. Yeah. Now I'd be Oasis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it was blur back then because Song 2. Oh, yeah. You know, what, what, what a banger. Do you know why it's called Song 2? Because it's two minutes long? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realise that. I was like, yeah, that's one of those tidbits that everybody knows. But I often yeah. ask people that and they're like, oh, my gosh, my mind's been blown. Like, <laughs> people are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, so you formed in this perfect time. And when did you decide music it's going to be my life because music is your life. You are a full-time professional musician. I am now. It's yeah. only taken me 25 years. Um, but it's a good journey. Yeah. Well, I, do you know what? I I wouldn't have been ready for it at any other point. I feel like I've, you know, this is when I'm supposed to be trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I was a kid, I had um, a tape that my dad, so my dad had this big tape collection that he'd basically recorded vinyl onto one side of the tape and then recorded another vinyl album onto the other side. Yeah, of the tape. Yeah. So there was this one tape and it was A Night at the Opera on one side and Sheer Heart Attack on the other, both mm -hmm. Queen albums. And I remember being about eight years old and getting hold of this tape and I had my little tape playing in my room and I'd play it. And um, there was just something about that experience, particularly A Night at the Opera, yeah. that just... I, there was just something in them. It was like, I, I want to do this. Like, there's just something about this that was really magical and really resonated with me. And uh, yeah, and then I started like learning how to play keyboard quite soon after that. Yeah. And that it's just something that I've always loved doing. And um, people always ask me about like, oh, you know, you've, you've only got seven fingers, but you play a piano. Like, 
you know, you've you've all like triumphed over adversity and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And I'm just like, do you know what? I just I've never really thought about it because I've just always wanted to do it, and that's why I've done it. Just stop you there as well because uh, <laughs> people. Well, listen, might not have heard you before. Yeah. And when you said seven fingers, mm. they might think that you mean you've got seven fingers on one hand. No. And then they'll think, they'll think that's no. cheating. I've just... There you go. That's, <laughs> yeah, why, that's go. why she's so I'm good at piano. I'm not cheating, yeah. <laughs> God, that would be amazing. Well, maybe not. Well, I don't know, yeah. They said, what's that film? Gattaca. Um, and there's a guy who's got six fingers on each hand and he's a, he's a uh, piano player. It. It's a, a sci-fi film, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's Stephen Dorff and Uma yeah. Thurman, um, yeah. Truth be done. Sci-fi kind of pisses me off. Yeah. It's, I remember it being quite good when I watched yeah. it. Yeah, my brother's a massive Star Trek fan, you see. Right. And, well, he's always made me watch that bollocks. A Trekkie. Like, yeah, so I'm really bullheaded now when it Fair comes enough. to like certain films yeah. and, and certain bands I just refuse just, to just watch. Just no, straight no. Like Avatar. Yeah. My brother keeps saying, go watch Avatar. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And uh, Avatar 2 is out. He's like, watch Avatar 2. Is like going, and people are like, yeah, it looks amazing. That's like, but is it amazing? It looks to me like a cartoon from the trailers. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw it in the cinema, the Avatar. I've not seen the second one. Did it change your life? Um, no. Like, and people say it's one of the greatest films ever. And I say the same thing to everybody who says this. Name one line from the film. One line. Mm. Just give me one line of dialogue. And they never can. Oh, that's but a it looks good. A good litmus test. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very much a, it's a it's a spectacle. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And so I think that had I not seen it at the cinema, it probably wouldn't have had the same impact. It's yeah. all about how it looks visually. And how weirdly attractive Sigourney Weaver is as a seven foot blue creature. Well, she's normally, so... uh, she's normally seven foot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and she is beautiful. I mean, yeah. one of my crushes as a kid was Ghostbusters. Oh, oh Jesus. I mean, just Ghostbusters in general. I'm a massive Bill Murray fan, so it's same, just like, yeah. Love massive it. Ghostbusters fan. Hey! Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh, what a great segue! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's where we So yeah, you got in, you started playing your instrument and then started doing bands. Yep. And uh, got uh, all through your 20s, I take mm-hmm. it you were just, were you like flipping between bands or? Well, it, in my 20s, it was, um, yeah, it was just about trying to get somewhere trying to make it whatever that meant with sort of one band at a time yeah you know yeah. wanted evolve and get to a point where you know somebody in the band couldn't do it anymore and then things just sort of peter out and then i'm like right i'm starting a new one um because that's just all what i've always done i've always written songs and so i've always had enough people around me wanted to you know cling on to what i'm doing yeah, yeah. to sort of make bands and stuff um, yeah, and then it wasn't until I, well, I was 29 and I got the gig with Steve Ignorant that yep. I sort of started doing more things with other people, I guess in other bands and playing with other people instead of just doing my own music. So, yeah. yeah, like um, Steve Ignorant from Crass, of course. Yes. And uh, so you, what year did you join him? 2011. So, yeah, 12 years ago so, yeah. I got that gig, yeah. And still going strong to this day. More yeah. popular than ever, I reckon. Yeah, the, well, we, I mean, we did the, we toured the craft stuff in 2011, and then we were supposed to do it again with like a totally different lineup um, in 2020, but obviously got pushed back to the end of 2021. We started doing the songs again, and I'd have to say it feels more pertinent than ever to be singing those lyrics, unfortunately. You yeah. know, politics from the 70s and early 80s. It's co- everything's come full circle but much worse than ever before yeah I mean, so I, people tell me I don't remember much about you know uh, the I, was, I was talking to my big brother about this as well last yeah. night you know, on a train because we were both got into our ranting thing and I, I, I don't think this this country has ever had a more corrupt government mm. than right now at least they used to try and hide it I was going to say more overtly co- corrupt yeah, now, I think now that's now the key like, yeah, yeah. now they just do it in plain sight and just say good they just don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Yeah, yeah. You know? Nothing. Because yeah. you are poor. Because we've taken everything away from yeah. you. But yeah, it's like, yeah, I can see why it is more people are like coming back around to that sort of thing and the rise of punk rock again, you know? Yeah. That's a good thing about um, a Tory government. Uh, some great fucking songs are written in those times. Yeah. Because people are angry as shit. 
Uh, yeah, I heard an album yesterday. Um, what's it? Is it? I think it's Meryl Streak. He's called. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was so like I was. I had like goosebumps all the way through it, and he's he's. It really reminded me of Crass, like early Crass. He's like so angry, and the energy of that just comes across, and you can't yeah. help but feel like a connection to it. Um, so that's exactly what you mean. It's like you know the worst and darkest of times inspire the best art. So. Yeah, I mean. Anger's a great thing to throw into music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I say that, but I just write songs about dogs and stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're the, I'll just rant at my brother and then go, I'm going to sing yeah. a song about a boy dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so you do the Steve Ingram stuff and you do the crass. Um, what else are you in at the moment? Um, I play with Ryan Hamilton from um, Texas in America. Texas. Um, so I've been playing with him for about six years now. How did that come about? Um, that was... I got recommended by a couple of people because I'd played with Ginger from the Wild Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he Ryan needed a keyboard player, so I got recommended. And uh, yeah, we got on really well. The rest is history. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that. So he we do an acoustic thing and he also has a band that I play in. Yeah. And I've did some stuff with Ginger and John Poole mm. last year. Ginger from the Wild Hearts, John Poole from Cardiacs. Cardiacs yep. and the Wild Hearts and uh, Dr. Hook. Um, and then, yeah, later on this year, I'm doing some stuff supporting Ginger with uh, Ben Marsden. I've just seen this. Yeah. Ginger does the Wild Hearts. <laughs> yes. So is that you and Ben Marsden playing together? Yeah. So cool. at, at the moment, we're still not clarified everything but at the moment it's going to be Ginger on his own playing Wild Arts songs and me and Ben kind of doing like a Chaz and Dave type thing Rabbit, um, Rabbit, Rabbit Rabbit, but Yorkshire, but Yorkshire rabbit, less rabbit. facial hair and Cockney accents Ben's got facial hair though, right? Well, he sort of, yeah, he sometimes does, sometimes yeah. doesn't I mean, I've been trying for years to grow a beard but it's just not me happening too. <laughs> Me too, honestly yeah, I mean, I'm in my my I thought it now. Uh, <laughs> I am eight years old. Yeah, and um, it's taken me forever. I still can't grow a proper one. Mm. It, it feels like... Does it feel downy? Yeah. Can I stroke it? Yeah, yeah. Does it feel like a... Oh, it, feels, it feels like a, a rabbit's rump. <laughs> it does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But like... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, I grew a tash years ago and I was like, oh my God, first time ever. Mm. So I used to dye it. Oh. To because of, like what, funny colours? No. <laughs> no, no, just because no, it came out ginger. This is a really common thing. Guys with dark hair having bright ginger facial yeah, hair. Yeah, so I, I, I darkened it so it was like the same colour as my hair. Right. And I used to like curl it up. Ooh. Thought it looked really fucking cool. When yeah. I was best man at a, guy, uh, a friend's wedding. And you were upstaging him and got in trouble. No, no, he's a, <laughs> he's a anti or something. Just said, you look like the guy from No Compare. No co- oh, no the advert, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you went, shaved it off after that. I, I went into the bedroom, yeah. the hotel room, and yeah. shaved it off. <laughs> and it just didn't grow back. It didn't grow back for like years and years and years. So I'm scared now. Right. So, so this will be me forever. Yeah. So like, same with my hair, I grew it long. And I'm like, well, if I shave it off. Well, you might not grow back. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I'm stuck with this look forever. Yeah. <laughs> this is me now. I'm destroyed. But uh, so. <laughs> back on track yes uh, so you've got you play with all these other people but you've also got your solo stuff yes and not just playing so you've got full band as well a band yeah so Piper Doors Matt Crusher Tom Swales and what's his band called the Carol Hodge Band so Egon on the go there yeah well <laughs> I ch- tasked the rest of the band as part yeah. of their initiation of like you need to come up with a band name yeah because I want it to be like Carol Hodge and something like, you know, like the yeah, wonky yeah. chromosomes. The, yeah. Ooh, or, yeah, yeah. I quite liked Carol Hodge and the Heggs. But eggs. They, the Heggs. Oh, right. Hodge Heggs. Heggs. Ah, Heggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were like, no, let's just call it the Carol Hodge Band. Or just Carol Hodge. And I was just like, okay. Fine. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for your creative input. I mean, um, I'd yeah. love Mr. Shiraz to be called Mike and the Shirazettes, but they will not go for it. No. But you keep mentioning it, you know. Yeah, After yeah. all these years, you're still pushing the issue. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah it's been years and years, and I, I will do it until they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> by your hand or by, or, my hand. Or yeah. by nature. Yeah. <laughs> nature, nature. I mean, we'll be going a long time. I don't think we're going to be stopping anytime soon. But, um, <laughs> but how are you finding going out with a full band doing your songs? 
Yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, I'm just about to release my fourth album and each of the albums, they're kind of a, a combination of quite stripped back, pretty much voice and piano songs yeah. and then other sort of full band um, arrangements. So it's really cool having the option to, because so when I go and play on my own, I was playing last night, I was playing with um, Tommy and Phil from Space. And oh, they were doing space well, songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, it was just me on my own, played piano and, sing, and sang. And then, you know, obviously other opportunities, it's like, well, I can play a more, slightly more rocking set with the band yeah. or a slightly, well, we did a tour in, um, in November that was with um, Sarah Borges, who's like an Americana, yeah. um, sort of bluesy rock um, artist. So we did more of that sort of edge of stuff. That's cool. Um, so yeah, it's really nice having the variety. I love the variety I've got at the moment. I love playing on my own. I love playing with my band. I was just said, do you have a favourite? Do, do you prefer to do it by yourself or as a band? Um, or is it equal? Well, in terms, if I play on my own, I know I'll get a wage. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you get paid. If man. I play with my band, I have to pay my musicians. So yeah. it's like, oh. But yeah, I like, I like the combination. It's uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. And so, Carol Hodge Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Hamilton and is it the Harlequins? Uh, it's just, oh, sorry, yeah, Ryan Hamilton. Well, it's just gone out as Ryan Hamilton now, but it was Ryan Hamilton yeah. and the Harlequin Ghosts, yeah. Steve Ignorant, Slice of Life. Slice of Life um, and the Crass stuff, so that's two yeah, separate things, yeah. yeah. So that's that. Uh, Ginger and John Poole. Yeah. Any more? Um, well, there's me solo as well, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like seven, and sometimes I do acoustic stuff with Ryan, so like seven or eight different iterations, yeah. Which is your favourite? It's like asking me to choose between my songs. I know. I can't do it. <laughs> okay, which is your least favourite? Least favourite. Uh, I want the goss. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I feel really privileged that everybody that I work with, I'm at the point in my life now, I'm in my oofties, <clears throat> um, where I don't, I don't want to mess around with no scrubs. I don't, I'll only wear, there's a little little sizzle and a click there. I only will work with people that I like because I just cannot be bothered with drama and nonsense. And like, I'll only be like, you know, I like spending time. That was was at the twenties before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm sober now as well. So I don't. Yeah, Yeah, this is alcohol free. Yeah, alcohol free beer. Um, And yeah, I don't, that's a big um factor in me choosing what I do yeah, yeah. professionally. Like I, I um, never got to encounter Drunk Carol. Well, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, but it's like, I mean, the twenties and stuff, I mean, that's the time for the ego and to let drama happen. And stuff. Yeah. I had a ridiculous ego in my twenties. Oh, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking back now though, I realized that so much of my attention seeking, um, overachieving, people-pleasing mm. uh, behaviour was due to uh, low self-esteem. Yeah. Well, you know? you're a singer, you're a musician. Mm. That's, we've all, well, you're a performer. Yeah. We've all got low self-esteem. Yeah. This is why we do bullshit <laughs> like yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it you said last time? This is your midlife crisis podcast. Yes, yeah. yes it is, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I'm not going to drink an IPA. Yeah. I'm not going to wear a flat cap. Yeah. I mean, I've got an awful feeling that if I wore a flat cap, I'd look like, Brian Johnson so. <laughs> and I I just no I, yeah so this is the way this yeah. is the way yeah podcast Post, or die podcast yeah, yeah. yeah. podcast and ghosts that's yeah. all I need yeah uh, so what's coming up you've got a new album out when mm-hmm. uh, the 10th of March is the official release date just because mm. it's the day before my birthday and it's called uh, Vitiginous Drops Vitiginous Drops Vitiginous Vitiginous as in it's you're up so high that if you look down, it induces vertigo. Ooh, good. Good. I learned. I learned something today. Say that word again. Vertiginous. So from vertigo, yes. vertiginous. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I like learning things. Yeah. I'll put that in a sentence there you later. Go. Not in any way pretentious. <laughs> vertiginous drops. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's out March tenth on your own label. Yes. Um, Midnight Stamp Records. Yeah. DIY till you die. Absolutely. Unless yeah. a major offers you a fuck ton. Well, it's just a bank loan, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. But I mean, you know, I would. that is something that I'm... Maybe for album number five, I will take my time and actually try and uh, maybe get someone else to do all the fucking work that I yeah, have to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cause it's I to take its toll. It's just like... 
it's great because I love I love knowing people's names I love you know processing all the album orders and stuff myself because you get to know the people who are supporting you and that's really valuable and the people in the post office you get to know them yeah they love me every time I go in they give me that flyer about uh, setting up a business account it's like do you want this I was like yeah but I just never get around to it <laughs> um, but yeah it is somebody I read somewhere the other day that being an in- independent artist now is like 10% actually doing music and 90% doing everything else and I was oh, like yeah that's yeah. completely accurate yes yeah like, do you book all your own gigs as well? Yeah, I am my everything. So I'm my own booking agent, yeah. manager, you know, promoter. I do the when I play with my band, I do all like the tour management stuff. And, yeah, same, um, same on all this. But yeah, it's um, it, it's good, and I love it. But I am starting to get to the point where it's like it would be nice to get some help. Because yeah. yeah, people don't realise how much of your life it does consume yeah. yeah and it's all the social media stuff as well because a lot oh, of God. that is like re- replying to people a lot of the time and yeah. you know connecting with people and i love doing that but it is it does take a lot of time mm-hmm. so yeah yeah stupid so some somebody out there if you want to do this for, for yeah. carol for free she'll <laughs> come do and be my manager <laughs> you do not get a cut of yeah. anything well i mean you know you can have a percentage of whatever you get me that's that's how it works, isn't it, with management? Yeah, well, we got offered a management deal once, and the guy yeah. wanted us to pay him uh, 150 quid a month. Right, before anything. Right. And that was every month. But I'll get you enough gigs so you get more than that a month. I mean, this sounds mm. like some bullshit. Yeah. You look like a troll. Well, that's your... Uh... I'm just yeah. well, as soon as you said troll, I thought of Danny DeVito because I was listening to the Sunny podcast yesterday. <laughs> I was just talking about the Sunny podcast yeah. earlier with Callum. He's never listened to it. Oh, it's great. It yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to listen to that when I've just got nothing else to do. Very funny people. Yeah. But that is the music part mm. of the podcast done. So you know what it means next. Gigs and <laughs> go. Like I said before, yeah. people, um, we did do this a few weeks ago. <laughs> so I kind of know some of the stories yeah. that you've got to tell. But you're and a good actor, so you can act. Yeah, but you know. it, it's, it's made me more excited yeah. now because Piper told me one of the scariest ghost stories. I've not listened to the episode yet. Oh, it's... I'll, I'll listen, you don't need to tell me now. Oh, I won't, but goddamn, that, yeah. that ghost story shit me up. And Carl told me some good ones. But as always, Carol, we start with the question. Mm. Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? Um, I believe that um, people do see, hear, feel, experience things yeah. that are that could be classed as supernatural. Um, I have various different opinions on what those things might actually be. I believe that there is um, a element of um, existence that is possibly connected to the quantum multiverse Ooh. that um, we don't fully understand yet. And I think that in the future, at some point, people, we will be able to explain a lot of what people experience in a sort of scientific way. Yes. Um, so I did an interview with a guy called Richard Felix, who used to be on Most Haunted. He owns yeah. Derby Jail, and um, he's a very interesting guy, incredibly enthusiastic about ghosts and the supernatural. But he comes from quite a practical, um, open-minded point of view. Mm-hmm. He's not um, an absolute believer. He wants to know what these things are, how they appear in all this. And um, he told me about a really interesting theory. So I'd heard of it before. It's called the stone tape theory. This is what I wanted you to talk yeah. about. Yes. And the, yes. Con- the concept is, um, so one of the things that gets thrown about as a theory about what ghosts are is the idea that um, buildings and building materials somehow retain a memory of what's happened in the past. Yeah. So that theory is logical and potentially explains things like i mean in york there's a very famous story of people seeing roman centurions walking through a building mm-hmm. but they can only see them from the knees up and then obviously historically the ground would have been lower yeah, yeah. and things like ghosts walking through walls because there didn't used to be a wall there it's a new you know installment yeah. 
I've never thought of that point. Yeah. I I just always think ghosts walk through walls because the ghosts. Because yeah. But I, I've always thought about the, the point yeah. there with the cut off. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Wow, that's same, good. Yeah, same yeah. idea. Um, and or there might have been a completely build different building there in the past, mm-hmm. but maybe the foundations have returned some sort of memory or whatever. So he was talking Richard Felix about the. Um, the Battle of, was it Gettysburg yeah, yeah. in America? I've seen some videos from so, Gettysburg. So, yeah, there's videos of that, and apparently that's one of the most haunted battle sites in the world. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that um, underneath that entire area, I think he said it was um, it's sandstone, mm-hmm. and he said that there's a correlation between um, places in the world where there is a high incidence of ghost sightings and a particular stone i think it was sandstone yeah. or might, but it's something to do with silica content so he thinks it's that substance that is the thing that potentially retains this memory and he described it as like magnetic tape you know we used to have cassette tapes yeah. it's retaining you know in that case sound mm-hmm. so it's the idea that this mineral can do what a cassette tape does and keep a recording of what's happened around it in the same way that you know the magne- magnetic nature of the tip mm-hmm. sucks in the sound around it and keeps it. It's that's what the stone's doing, mm-hmm. and I love that theory. I don't know how plausible it is. It, it sounds um, like that is completely correct. Mm. There's logic true. to it. <laughs> there is a lot of logic to it, you know. But like with that, you see, I totally now since you told me about this before, hundred mm. percent believe that as fact. Yeah, you think and it's I, accurate, I will, yeah. It's very easy for me to see anything as fact. So, right, yeah, but yeah, right. That was, that's now starting my head as like, that is never a truer thing. That does happen. But then you look at things like poltergeists and shit yes. like that. So that again... That's not replaying. No, it? no. So I'm, I mean, maybe obviously there's different categories of ghosts or experiences, exactly. isn't there? So the idea of poltergeists, um, I believe, is more to do with like EPK and people, um, and like ESP. So it's to do with people's energy and what they are kicking out into the world. Because with poltergeists, the the commonality is often a teenage girl that the the activity centres around. So I've been a teenage girl and I remember how it felt and the amount of, especially if you're having quite a traumatic time, which is, again, is often a, often a theme mm. with their poltergeist activity. Um, you're just full of hormonal energy and, you know, just ready to burst out. And, for, and it does when you're a teenager, your energy just bursts out, doesn't yeah, it, all yeah. over the place. You're unable to contain it. So I do believe that some people have such a high, you know, um, percentage of this energy or whatever, it's so strong yeah. that I think it's that that causes the crazy activity and the things like, moving. And... Yeah, I like that because uh, there's a, one of my brothers, Chris, he's uh, always been quite an emotional fella. Mm. I'll say that. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he was the one who always caused, uh, got into trouble, caused shit. Right. But he's always been really susceptible to seeing things in mm. different places. Like uh, my mum used to tell me when we were growing up, I was probably about two but yeah. uh, Chris is about three years four years older than me something and she'd hear him talking to someone upstairs and they always talk about this man with dogs Yeah. sometimes the man would have nice dogs sometimes the man would be angry and the dogs would be angry and barking at him but uh, like he, he'd always tell me all these incredible like things that have happened and things that he there's one he had a, a, a pub in Halifax called the Plummet Line and one night he was sat with a bunch of the staff upstairs mm. and they all swear that this happened that a picture came off the wall came forward and then just hit him in the head oh wow <laughs> I was like well yeah it's probably you to shut up but yeah but I didn't think of, it could be because of his outbursts yeah like, have you ever experienced any anything kind of poltergeisty um well not really I mean I've I've got very limited experience I, I would love to see something that I couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. My first thought would be, oh God, what's wrong with my brain? Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would always go, like, be like, why am I hallucinating? You know, that would be my, my logical brain to kick in. And second. Ah! Se- second would probably be the piss filling my pants. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I had a couple of things. So when I was when I was about um, sort of like nine or ten, I was really into ghosts and all things unexplained and supernatural, ghosts, UFOs, you know, extrasensory perception, whatever. I was well into it. My dad had these books called The Unexplained, mm-hmm. which were, and it was 12 volumes. And it was like, they, they were all from the 70s. And it was like, there was a, you know, like a monthly magazine and you put the magazines into these sort of binders. I know the ones, yeah, books. yeah, yeah. Um, so I would just pour through those when I was a kid, and like, oh gosh, they just covered everything, you know, like big four, like everything. Yeah, I used to go to the library and get those oh, books out all the time, and just be like... Loved it, loved it. So I think my memory might be um, that I just so wanted something to happen, that I was just sort of like exaggerating things in my head or misremembering things. But there was, I used to think my wardrobe doors moved. I'd like sort of floor to ceiling sliding doors in my bedroom. Yeah. And I used to think they moved, you know, of their own accord. One time I was playing on um, my Sega Master System mm-hmm. with my friend in my bedroom and a, um, like a knob off my chest of drawers like flew across the room. Now, it could have been that that knob was wobbly anyway and it just fell off and we no, exaggerated no, it as like, ah, oh, no. oh my God, it's a ghost and like ran out. Yeah. And then um, there was one instance with a, a tape player in my room. I had one of those like silver and black sort of top loader tape players. Yeah. And I remember getting a little voice in my head saying, look at the tape player. And I looked and the button pressed down of its own accord. <gasps> Weird. So yeah, there's see, no explanation for that other than yeah, ghosts. Yeah, but I mean, I could have misremembered all that. It might have been the end of the tape and it just went off or whatever. But I no, do... Say it flip up, not down. Possibly, possibly. So the thing, the things that I've experienced that I can't explain, yeah. um, one of them is, um, is a fe- feeling, a gut feeling and a heaviness. That, that feeling I of some, dread. Yeah, sometimes get in places... And I don't know why. Mm. And then sometimes afterwards I will find that it's because of so there's been activity there or whatever. Did, did you have something like that happen? Was it Bannerman's? Bannerman's in Edinburgh, yeah. I stayed, did... I stayed over there and did some ghost hunting. And, uh, yeah. So there's this room in Bannerman's. And I, whenever I've been in there, because it's like three, basically to explain to anyone who doesn't know, um, Bannerman's is an awesome venue in Edinburgh. And there is a flat above the venue where you can stay if you're in a band, mm-hmm. which is useful if you're a touring band. It's yep. somewhere free to stay. It's, it's a cool place. So there's three bedrooms in there. We let loads of beds in. And um, there's this one room at the back that I've never stayed in because whenever we've gone there, I've been like, no, don't want to be in here. Because mm-hmm. you go in and it's like, oh, just get this really heavy feeling there. Now, that could be because there's a lot of there's like faulty electrical wiring in there or i don't know i don't know why but i've just always felt uncomfortable in that room and so somebody who plays in an american band stayed there and she had to wander around and she said to um christian my friend who um, puts the gigs on there um did you know this place is haunted? And he'd not said anything to her about this. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, well, you know, I've heard stories. People often, you know, tell me things. And she went into that room where I said I didn't like the feeling of it. And she said, this is where they're all based. And she said, all? Yeah. She said, they're really unhappy with you. Have you decorated recently? And he was like, yeah, like last month we painted everywhere and put new carpets down. And she was saying like, yeah, they don't like it because they don't like the smell because they can't leave this room because of the smell. And they're really angry with you. And I was just like, oh my, oh my god! But that, that it was really interesting. That, that was the room. Yeah, yeah. So we went ghost hunting, and uh, Christine had this sort of camera app um, that you can. It's it's like a night vision thing, so you mm. can film it. And we went into that room, and there was loads of like orbs flying around, which I thought initially it was like just dust when you go into yeah, yeah. a room. But we were in there for a while and any dust would have settled down and we went back in and out quite a few times and it was it was almost like they were moving of their own volition. They weren't it wasn't just yeah, like dust really... flying around, it was like they were changing speed and direction and so that was quite weird. And it's also got this function on the app where like a, a connect sort of idea, it will try and create stick men out of what you can see. Yeah. So if I, if I was holding it at you, it would look like a human mm-hmm. sat down. And then if I sort of panned around and came back to you, it would still look like a human sat yeah. down. So when you pan around and it tries, you know, it might try and make a shape out of the shelves or try and make a human shape. But when you pan around and something's not there and then you come back and it is there, 
that's kind of that was yeah. really freaking me out. Yeah. I was like, we need to go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not been in here anymore. What so was it was doing? Was it just stood? Yeah, it was just kind of like a Watching. figure. So that, that that kind of freaked me out. And then later on that night, I was I was falling asleep and um, I felt something cold on my leg, like a sort of like a hand pressing down on my leg. And so I was like, oh, and I just sort of rolled over and I just thought maybe it's my leg going dead or whatever. And then it stopped. And then when I moved back that way again, I felt the same thing, but on my other leg. So in the same place in the room. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Which kind of leads me on to the other weird thing that I've experienced, which is sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah. And that, in my experience, is always the same. And it really freaked me out. I watched a documentary about it quite recently. Another documentary. Oh, it was on Netflix. Yeah. And people... Terrifying. People described exactly what I'd experienced, which kind of freaked me out because I just thought the theory of it is it's like you have hypnopompic and hypnagogic states where you are just about to wake up mm. but your body isn't as awake as your brain or you're just drifting off to sleep and it's the other way around so I've always experienced it when I've woken up gone to the loo gone back to bed yeah then is when it usually happens it's not happened for a while and for me it was always touch the same touch 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 <laughs> for me it was always the same thing it was I'd be in bed and I would hear footsteps. So the footsteps would come, um, you know, down the hall, come into the room and I could feel that there was something stood there next to me. And then this thing would get into bed behind me and I would feel it. And it would be like a person, you know, like if if you're sharing a bed with somebody and like, you know, you're sort of half asleep and you just feel an arm over you and you feel like a body behind you. It was like that. But the way sleep paralysis works is you think that's real, but you're still asleep. Yeah. And then I'd wake up and then I'd be like, all oh, right, okay. And then it would happen again. And the thing would come in. And then the next layer of consciousness, I'd, oh, that was a dream. I'd wake up and it would just keep happening and happening until when I actually did wake up in real life, I could still feel the thing there. And apparently this is a really common thing. And I, I caught a glimpse of it once and it was just a black shape. Um, Everybody seems to see pretty much the same thing yeah that's what's so weird yeah, about it that, that's what freaks me out of the yeah. and uh, I think it was Carl when he was on he was talking about it yeah and the exact same thing it, he's had the same, same thing. yeah big tall black yeah, thing yeah yeah and it's definitely in my experience it's, it's a male figure yeah definitely a hat wearing um, I think it did have a hat yeah, yeah. a lot of people say yeah. it has a hat yeah like a sort of a trilby type yeah, yeah. Quite, a, quite, quite a big a wide brim. brim hat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah that's everyone like people who have never met anybody with sleep yeah. paralysis and think it's just them yeah but everybody is experiencing this same hatted knobhead so yeah be hatted knobhead yeah. so i'd never so that's why i was so freaked out because it's you know like how they say that when you um often your childhood memories are based on a photograph that you've seen as an adult and yeah, filled yeah, in all yeah. the details because you don't really remember that day yeah you, basically you remember the last time you remembered it yeah, yeah. so i but that's why I was so freaked out by that documentary because mm-hmm. I've never never spoken to anyone else who's experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they were experiencing the same thing, I was just like, what is going on with that? Because mm-hmm. I just thought it was something going on with my brain, but it's a common thing. Ah. So where does that come from? It's Ex- weird, ghosts. isn't it? It's ghosts. ghosts. It's demons. Yeah. Ghosts is real. But it's yeah. like, uh, I've been asking people like, to, uh, I want to hear people's ghost stories. Mm. I like to... Send them in to me. So if you do, get in touch if you've got a ghost story because I'm always up for hearing it. And uh, we were saying about before about Badman's and that room yeah. that gave you an awful feeling. Yeah. A lady's sent me in a story about something like that, and it's awful. And I'm, do you mind if I quickly yeah, tell go you? For it. Yeah, right, yeah. So basically, um, her and her husband uh, they have one child, mm-hmm. and uh, when the child was about a year and a half. They moved into a new house and um, the child was still staying in the parents' room and everything like that. Yeah. But eventually they wanted the kid to get used to sleeping in their own room. Mm -hmm. So they set up this room and the room said, gave gave her that sort of vibe, like something... Like, mm. just didn't seem Pit right. Your stomach. Like, yeah, yeah, so, you know, we'll stick the kid in that room. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, um, so, yeah, so she set up this, uh, this room and... Uh, Every single night, at the same time, the kid would wake up screaming oh. and she had to take the kid out and put it back into the bed. And the husband and her were talking about 
what can we do? We need to get her past this. She needs to mm. start doing it. And it was going on and on every, sing- every single night at the exact same time, screaming. So she went, I know what to do. I'll set up a camp bed in in a room mm-hmm. with her. And I'll, for a first few, like maybe for a week, I'll sleep in a the room there. Yeah. And it'll be fine. And they're like, this is a great idea. You know, we'll take it in turns. They did it once. Because on that first night that she did that, um, put the kid into their little day bed, um, she got into the bed. In the night time, she felt a kid's hand on her, tugging <gasps> away at her and stuff like that. Yeah. Like She's like, okay, you know, she's just, obviously my kids yeah. uh, got into bed with me and like, just once or so she's okay. But then she wouldn't stop like fidgeting about and like pulling on her, crawling on her, putting yeah. her arms around her neck and like, Hugging her really tight. Eventually, she was just said her daughter's name. I was like, mm. "Can you just stop it?" And then her kid mm. said, "Woke up and said, mum mm. or whatever." Her kid was in the other bed across oh, the room, wow. and she was still feeling it on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't her kid. <gasps> there was someone else in that bed tugging at her, and it was about this time that the child normally wakes up screaming. So she, of course, jumped up, took the kid, went in the room. Took all the kids' stuff out of that room. Yeah. Sold the house. Wow. Yeah, put it straight up for sale. That's, um, I probably would do exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I would not be happy. Really freaking <laughs> out, yeah. The only other weird thing that I sometimes experience, so I, obviously, as a musician and as a sober musician, I do a lot of driving. Yeah. Um, and I'm still often, like, for example, the other week, um, I did a, London and back in a day mm-hmm. got home at you know half three in the morning or whatever so sometimes when I'm driving and I'm very tired and it's night if I'm driving somewhere where there's say like hedgerows or whatever at the side of the road mm-hmm. a, f- a few times I've seen like a flicker of a person like running across the road yeah yeah which is I think just my brain malfunctioning because I'm so tired but apparently that's a thing as well that other people experience. Lots. Yeah. Yeah, loads of people. I, I, I know people have, like, seen things or seen people, like, yeah, crossing the road yeah. or just stood at the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's it's almost like, um, it's not, they're not, it's, it's like a sort of, um, they're sort of see-through. It's like a sort of yeah, shadowy yeah. thing. It's not like a fully shaped human, but it's human shaped. Yeah. yeah. Did I ever tell you about my friend Chris when he was driving? No. Oh, right. This, okay. he, he, did, he, didn't, he did not believe in ghosts until right? this point, and now okay. he believes in ghosts. But he was, um, he was when he'd got his first car, mm. and he was, so he's still living at home, and he's really proud. He'd live in Nottingham, and mm. he'd drive home, and always park it in the drive and stuff. Yeah. And said so one night he was driving home, and there's this like stretch of road which has all these rumours about it and stuff, and ghost mm. stories, and but it's, it's very quiet. There's no lights. Who was driving on there, just on his way home after he'd been somewhere. And when he looked in his mirror to look out the back window, there was somebody sat in the back of his car. And he was just like, so he turned around, carried on going. He was just like, and he'd always look. And it was still there? All the way home. But it was like, not looking at him in the mirror, just looking kind of past him. Yeah. And it's like going, it it was clear as day, there was a man sat there for the full journey and he, he said he, he got home like stopped looking in the mirror just drove and drove yeah. got to his house did not park in a drive just as near as he could just yeah. took his cars ran in the house and his dad next morning was like why have you parked in a drive and told him this whole story so he knew it wasn't he, like a, just a man wasn't yeah, a human he, man he said uh, it, there was something strange yeah it looked like a human yeah it, it had all the features it, but there was something wasn't right. That there was something not there. Yeah. And yeah, just say, yeah, looking. It, it was that part where yeah. I would have driven know. all the way home. I would have stopped the car, and told him to get out. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> I would have just been like, no. how much petrol is yeah. it? Or I would have been. I would have tried to take a photo of it, or pulled over and tried to. Oh film well, it. you know. I was, say that was, now. It was before yeah. camera phones and stuff like that. But having not been in that situation, 
I think there probably is a good chance that I would just be rigid with terror. Yeah, I'd probably you drive know. into a lamppost at full speed. Yeah, <laughs> just to get it over with. Just to get it over, yeah. <laughs> oh no, but then I'd end up in the car forever with, with that. With the map, maybe God that's what happened. It. It's like a yeah. like the ring tape. Oh, God damn it. It's like you keep uh, passing it on. Didn't you ever want to do the do? Oh, yeah. So I went on a ghost hunting experience. I got my friend it for his birthday. And um, it was in this old pub near Birmingham. And it was, I, I just booked it because I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it would be like, you know, people in costumes jumping out on you or whatever but it, it turned out to be a very serious kind of earnest ghost hunting experience as it always should be yeah <laughs> um so there were some real characters which was part of the the fun there was a woman who was a self-proclaimed medium who i caught kind of faking some like knocking activity and stuff like that <laughs> and faking table tipping and you know she went up behind my friend and I like you know in a dark room and I saw her do it like touched my friend and said oh there's something over here and I was thinking yeah your fucking hand <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so that was interesting but one of the things that happened during that experience we did everything we did um you know we tried to do table tipping they had all kinds of like gadgets we did a Ouija board um, all kinds of things. Nothing really that couldn't be explained away. There was a basement there that I went in and I felt sick and I had to leave. Because mm. they gave that really, really heavy feeling. It was a yeah. horrible feeling. So I was like, there's no way. I don't care. I know we're in a ghost hunting experience, but I do not want to be in this room. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, so I came out of that um, and I got given a pair of copper uh, dowsing rods. So... For people who don't know what dowsing rods are, they're kind of like an L-shaped piece of metal mm. and you hold them. And the idea is that you can supposedly communicate with the spirits. Find um, water. Find water, <laughs> yes, which is people, people use hazel twigs and like copper dowsing rods to find water still professionally. Water companies still do that. And um, so I had these pair of dowsing rods and I was kind of kind of get to grips with them. Um, obviously because my hand's a bit different I was sort of experimenting with how to how tight to grip them and where is the best place to yeah. hold them so I was sort of getting used to that and um, we were, the woman who was running the event was telling us right so you can ask it questions you can say can you show me yes can you show me no mm-hmm. and um, I was doing that and not much was happening um, and I walked across this room and they both pulled like really like pointedly in one direction I was like whoa and she was like ooh um, she was like oh you should go towards there like that obviously it's doing something so I walked over there and they were both spinning and I was just like I'm not I'm not even thinking about anything they're just doing it I'm like just holding them as I was it was really weird um, but that could have been just because it was water over there I don't, I don't know, know. I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it would go that wackadoodle yeah. it was weird and then we we sort of we sort of played along like me and my friend went in this room and um, we were like you know, is there anyone here and stuff? And so we were like, yeah, it shows yes, shows no. And then we were just like, let's just go along with it. Let's just ask yeah. it questions or ask the room questions, whatever we were doing. And um, we did have like a, there was at one point where, because I was thinking, I wonder if I think of an answer, my dowsing rods will go that way. Yeah. And they didn't, it was weird. And then at one point, one of them just started spinning on its own. And I was just like, that's really weird. But again, could have been anything. I'm not saying it was a ghost. It could have been, yeah. but it was probably a ghost, wasn't it? But, you know. Chances are. Chances are. It was a ghost. After all, all the evidence <laughs> we've had today, it's yeah. a ghost. It's a ghost, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes. But, well, it's been very educational today. Vertiginous. Vertiginous, yes. Yeah, you've learned that yeah. word. Yeah. And lots of things about ghosts. Yeah. You know, normally, because like the last two, you know, we, we've told some ghost stories and stuff yeah, like that. But yeah. This is what I want to get into. What you've been talking yeah. about today. This is this is very cool shit. Well, I've been obsessed with it for about thirty years. So you know, you pick up a few things along the way and carry on for another thirty <laughs> yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Any ghost hunts coming up? Uh, no, I don't have any more booked. Mm. But I think I, I I would be up for going on another one. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go on one of the ghost walks in Edinburgh. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the under the tunnels and yes, stuff. Yes, the vaults yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to do that. Quite a few people uh, left like while doing that. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Creepy though, yeah. right? Yeah. I, w- I want to go to that house 
we're meant to be booking an all-night stay at that one. Oh, um, is this the poltergeist house? Yes. Yeah, yeah where the, about the monk of Pontifrat. Pontifrat, I was going to say it's somewhere nearby, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had a look at that. I think it's like 60 quid. Mm. As many biscuits, tea, coffee, or juice as you like. But you have to bring your own hot meal if you want one. Yes. Yeah, or your own sandwiches. That's very important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, oh, no, they, they, give you a, they give you a breakfast sandwich in the morning. Oh. If you survive if the sur- night. <laughs> Should you survive the yeah. night, an egg bap shall await yeah. you. Yeah. Ta-da. Haunt, haunted egg bap. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I want to do those. I'm gonna, gonna do those. Yeah. Me and my friend Johnny Sellers have been on about it for years. Go for we, it. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the one at um, the Bradford Police Station mm. ghost hunt, and then, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. But the the actual courtroom was pretty scary, and the, it but it it was just a nice time. Yeah. It was all ex coppers and. They were, they were good to talk to. Like, yeah. One of them... Uh, Got some ar- stories. One of them arrested the Yorkshire Ripper. Right. And so, then let him go? No, no, no. 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 Oh, he actually did... Yeah, right yeah caught him. Because that happened, didn't he? He got, he got arrested. Yeah, he got like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't him. Wasn't me, officer. Yeah. yeah. And like, he was like, yeah, I arrested the uh, Yorkshire Ripper. And then just followed it with a very boring man. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else to say? <laughs> yeah. Dull man with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so... But it was fun. It was cheap. But, yeah. So I want to do a proper scary as fuck one. Yeah. You know. It's that thing of what I realised about those experiences uh, that I expected was going to happen was that you basically are in a heightened state of attention. Yeah. So every noise, creak, breeze, whatever, you're going to react to and be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is, you know possibility that you might read into things that aren't really occurring but no, that's the, all part not, of it. Not at the Pontefract house No. There's videos all over YouTube people go on YouTube check out the uh, Pontefract. Uh, I think it's the Black Monk of Pontefract. Right. And some, there's a great video of the cleaning lady from there. Yeah. And her mates have like, told her, go, you should go around and film and ask some questions. And she's like, oh, bloody hell, I don't like this. And drawers oh. are opening and doors are slamming. Wow. And, shit. and you it looks like this little girl walks past and... Ooh, there's a lot going on. Mm. And she's just hilarious because she's... She, I, don't, I don't like this, Sandra. No, I'm getting out. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm leaving this place. So Yorkshire, it hurts. It's amazing. Yeah, but uh, I won't take up any more of your time. So your new album's out March the 10th. It is. On all platforms. Yeah, that's and when it's coming out on all streaming platforms. You'll be able to get it on vinyl. And yeah, carolhodge.co.uk. Get That's there, the that shit. goes, you know, you'll deal with me on the emails if you right. want to buy anything. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, get that, you will enjoy it, check out all Carol's other stuff and when you're always gigging. Always on tour, yeah. yeah. Check out on the website <laughs> and on, on all socials to find out if, if she's coming near you. Uh, if you at home have any ghost stories, do get in touch. Uh, either Gigs and Ghosts podcast on Instagram or on Facebook or drop me an email to Mr. Shiraz underscore gigs at hotmail.com because I would like to hear. This has been episode three. Got some, do you want to hear about some of the guests that are coming up? Yes, I'd love to. I, I'm quite stoked, actually. Um, more people seem to be getting in touch now going, oh, I've heard your podcast. I want to be on it. So next week, we've got Ben from Evile, nice. Thrash and Metal Titans. Elliot from Nosebleed. You know Nosebleed? Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great band. Uh, Lee, the drummer from Gallows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob from Pulled Apart by Horses uh, Cornmo do you know Cornmo? I don't know is it, you'd love him right is it a New York musician who like is a great pianist and he does his, his solo stuff he's also in a band called Tragedy right right who do like Bee Gees covers yes I wondered if it was like, yeah yeah metal yeah. Bee Gees yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Brian Clem uh, from the good old suburban legends um, great scarpunk band from California Karen Roberts from Chase Long Beach, TJ from Barstool Preachers, the wonderful Steve Jones, my favourite Geordie, Alicia Vigil from Vigil of War and Dragon Force, Box Tellies, Split Lips, and more to come. Fabulous. I showed you the picture last time, not that, the photo. Um, oh, I can't remember. Oh, you showed me a photo, but I can't remember what it was. That photo. Oh, yeah, you showed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been trying to show everybody this. And, yeah. Yeah. Don't like that at yeah, all. It's, it's a... Uh, 
<laughs> You'll see it one day, people. But yeah, thank you all. Uh, what do you do? What do you say on these sort of things? Subscribe. Leave a good review. Blah blah blah. Click click a button. Yes. Something like that. Know, yeah. <laughs> I've been Mikey Charles. This is a Gigs and Goes podcast, episode three, with Carol Hodge. Thank you all. See you next time. Ooh.